Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Points of Brew podcast. I'm your host Stephen Carter and this week we've got a guest. It's not just me waffling on by myself this time, it's another Northern voice. He's Tiny Ribble's biggest fanboy, it's Mr Martin Clare. Hi Martin. Hi Stephen, you're all right mate. Um, very good, thank you. Thanks for joining in. Um, oh, no so, problem. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. It's nice to have you. So, um, so yeah. So, as I just said, Tiny Rebel's biggest fanboy, as uh, that I know of, anyway. Um, and I believe <laughs> you've got some. Uh, you got some Tiny Rebel goodies landed today. I believe yeah? Uh, just, just a few. Just a few. Yeah. Um, obviously, with them doing their uh, isolation packs, as they call them at the moment, I uh, had to take the opportunity to uh, get myself some discounted. Uh, discounted beers and they're uh, a good selection the club tropica the uh, cali pale and uh, what was the other one i got easy living i believe it was so, yeah and you got some, was... some socks as well wasn't there oh gotta get the socks mate gotta be repping that tr crew <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean I, I i think it was me that shared it to you wasn't it? i mean you know been a constant bad influence on your on your life choices with with buying beer but they, i they think offers... it may have been <laughs> the, the offer seemed pretty good though from what I saw because I think there was was it like four four packs for like 30 quid in a glass or something as well something like that yeah mm-hmm. I mean I, I, my total order came to about 30 pounds but I also bought their um, oh god what was the name of it now it's um, I'll, I'll open my beer fridge yeah it is their screw face a Sicilian lemon super circus sour as well Ooh. so I got, I got that to try so mm. that's yeah, so. going to be an interesting one I hope yeah, hopefully. Um, so for anyone that doesn't follow you, which I'm guessing probably, no offence, most people don't. <laughs> How on, dare on you? <laughs> um, so in terms of you, yourself, your sort of your drinking history and how you got into craft beer, apart from just saying I got you into craft beer, um, <laughs> kind of where did it where did it start? What was the beer that kind of got you into drinking with, with me and on my escapades? Well, to be fair, my uh, first foray into craft beer drinking wasn't with yourself, actually, Mr. Billy Big Bollocks. Um, <laughs> it was at the Founders International Beer Festival in Madrid a couple of years ago. Uh, one of my other friends, Elliot, he's been into craft beer for a few years, and uh, he invited me out one day and said, you know, there's a few beers going on, there'll be a bit of music and it'll be a laugh. So I thought, you know, when in Rome or Madrid, as the case may be, um, we'll go down, have a laugh, see what the crack is. And uh, yeah, it got me hooked. Um, my first sort of memorable beer that I had that would sort of fall under the realm of craft, as it were, um, was the Neapolitan Pale, I believe it is, from Northern Monk. And uh, I had that and just sort of fell in love with it, really. The fact it tasted like an ice cream, but it was a beer as well. It's just, you know, a winning combination. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I actually completely forgot about that because I remember you sending me a text while you were over there to say that <laughs> you'd done that, but then I think you'd been to one of the bars as well and you'd show me like the selection of beers that they have because they have like Founders All Day IPA and stuff like that on as yeah, well. Yeah, there was, a, there was a, a fair few bottle shops that uh, had little bars in them as well. So, as a city, um, very, very good place to sort of begin your, uh, your, your journey with craft beers. Yeah. You know, I can I honestly completely forgot about that, so I can't, I can't like stick a, a complete claim for getting you into drinking and you know starting your your beer habit. So no, but, yeah. you're just the ongoing bad influence. Yeah, you know when I just message say, oh, there's a verdict to take over in Leeds. Do you want to go? And you're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't I want to do that? But no, we've. Um, I know you've moved back since, but we said that actually we'd we'd like to go to Spain or somewhere to actually go. Yes. 
test it out yeah. fully, didn't we? You know, obviously we're we're in Corona lockdown at the moment. But, you know, it's it's <laughs> wishful a long, thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's wishful thinking a distant <laughs> a distant plan, but you know, for yeah. a long weekend or something, it, it looked like absolutely a, a decent scene absolutely. over there. So, so but, yeah, really nice city to be in as well. To be fair, yeah. for a short time anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some decent weather, some nice beer. So. Exactly, exactly. So with that in mind, we'll crack on. We'll leave it there for now. We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll discuss what we've been drinking. Absolutely. So this is it, part two. So we'll delve into a little bit more about what we've been drinking. Um, so Martin, we'll start with you, which inevitably your first drink, I believe, is hearkening to your love for Tiny Rebel. Well, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> in a word. Um, yeah, I've been drinking a fair bit of my sort of built up collection. Um, obviously, given the current climate and the fact that we can't just nip to the pub anymore, um, my consumption of alcohol has moved from just bars and pubs around York and Leeds and Selby. Um, which is obviously where we live um, it's come to my my beer fridge which has been sort of uh, filling up and being neglected to be drunk so the first one this week was my probable all-time favorite uh, which is the um, Club Tropicana or Club Tropica as it should properly be known now um, from Tiny Rebel it's probably my favorite beer ever if not approaching my favorite drink ever Um, just such a nice flavor it's got a really nice body to it and it's uh the proper summary drink that just takes me back to when i was sort of first getting into craft beers and um in, enjoying the uh enjo- enjoying enjoying the, the atmosphere <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a great beer to, to kind of get people into craft beer isn't it really because it's it's really light it's not too thick but obviously it's got that nice sort of hence the name tropical kick to it that kind of absolutely beyond sort of like your standard either sort of real ales or you sort of run of the mill beers as well um, absolutely yeah they've had to rebrand recently because pepsi were being dicks about the whole life and didn't because <laughs> they didn't want people getting confused between beer and orange juice but have you had the non-alcoholic one yet or have you uh, not as yet no I've, um, I've to be fair i only had my last can of actual club tropicana um that that was uh, sort of finished off earlier this week but um yeah i've not yet had the uh, non-alcoholic version but uh, interesting when i do have the opportunity to try it i'm uh, very much looking forward to it went back when, when i'm on uh, driver duty yeah i mean it'd be interesting to see what it's like i mean i love the fact that they've called it club tropica na so it still basically says fantastic yeah. it. it's still it's, <laughs> it's, it's a great two-fingered salute up to absolutely up to Kennedy, but I've absolutely been, i haven't really seen anyone drink it to be honest with you i've seen anyone what anyone said about it so i haven't had it myself so i'll be interested to see what what it's actually like in comparison because i know some um alcohol free beers can be a bit questionable shall we say so yeah a bit I mean, watery yeah so it's whether it's still got a decent body and flavor to it i've no idea but uh but we will see we will see absolutely um, moving on to your next one which i don't think you actually realized when i actually sent you a message but this is one of the new beers that's actually now available in morrison's so do you want to go into that one have i lost you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like I, I forgot which beer i put did you not have you got the document in front of you like we planned no <laughs> it's on my phone <laughs> <laughs> all of that messing around 
was scrambling around for your notes that I lovingly created yesterday and sent to you. Um, <laughs> what to talk about Magic Rock Highwire Grapefruit? That one, yeah, Magic Rock. So we'll, <laughs> we'll cut this bit. <laughs> I think we should leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> Painting me out to be some sort yeah. of moron on the first go. Well, accurate, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Highwire Grapefruit, fantastic. Um, another Yorkshire beer. Well, I say another Yorkshire beer. Another northern. Uh, sort of personality we'll call it uh, obviously hearkening from uh, Magic Rock over in Huddersfield um, fantastic beer uh, both the High Wire and the Grapefruit um, very 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 pleased to see it now available more widely um, especially you know coming from Selby there's not very many um, sort of outlets local to me that sell decent craft beer at a decent price without having to drive to say Yorkshire craft beers in uh, in, in Pontefract or, or going into York places like that so it is good to see that there is an extensive range sort of coming into supermarkets like you say Stephen and yeah, um, yeah just a, a superb beer yeah, I mean, we'll touch on it a bit more because that's kind of the, the, the news quote-unquote article that we've got later on about the new sort of mm. range that Morrison's have brought out. But it's a beer that I always I always go back to anyway. Um, again, kind of similar to Club Tropica. It's it's a beer that's, again, very light and easy drinking, but again, gives you that mm. fruity edge to it without being too strong to put people off. It's kind of a Absolutely. nice sort of introduction to, to what fruity beers can, well, I say fruity, but, you know, sort of fruit through <laughs> hops, not, not fruit edition, <laughs> shall we say. But but when I see it on sort of tap anywhere or, you know, when we go to the um, the Magic Rock tap room every now and again, it is one that I go back to because on, mm. on, on draft or on, on cast, that is still a, a fantastic beer. And like you say, to get it now in a four pack um, as part of the Morrison's offer is two for £10, it's it's an absolute bargain now. So Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. It's, um, like you it's say, great. it's the accessibility of it, both in terms of as a beer, with it being easy drinking and not too overpowering, but also, like we say, available in supermarkets. It's, yeah. I imagine it's, there's going to be a, quite a few people in a similar position to, to myself that are sort of on the fringes of the uh, the community, we'll say, that are beginning their craft beer journey with something like Highwire, um, which is you know always good. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, not having a a bottle shop nearby is actually probably a blessing in disguise, really, because I imagine it probably saves you a lot of money. Um, you know, <laughs> having, having a bottle shop five minutes around the corner is not ideal for myself, I must admit, but there you go. <laughs> um, and then moving on to your last one, um, which is another fruity beer, I believe. Is that right? Uh, yeah, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Fruity. Uh, I really am. Um <laughs> I, I, I enjoy all my fruity beers. I like sours. I like, you know, any, anything with a bit of a, a, a twitch to it. I mean, I live my life in a Hawaiian shirt most of the time. So the fact that I've uh, also also drinking fruity beers as well, you know, it, uh, it just sort of, um, yeah, it, it blends with my personality, we'll say. Yeah, I mean, anyone who checks your Instagram account out will will obviously attest for the fact that about your uh, <laughs> your exotic shirt collection, shall we say? So, um, so we'll 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 leave that as a little sort of leading thing for people to go find it, rather than tell them about your shirts. <laughs> they can go witness the shirts for themselves. Absolutely, no, no spoiler the, uh, alerts. Sub- subjected to the violence of my shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, we we worked together in the past for everyone that anyone that doesn't mm. know, which is probably everybody. Um, but <laughs> when we had you know sort of a relaxed dress sense and and you turned up. In the the fruity shirts, you know, they, you'd walk through the office and everyone was, you know, looking at you as you walked past. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me, shall we say? So yeah, we'll no. uh, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, but for myself, in terms of the beers that I've been drinking, um, the two that I mentioned on the the first podcast where I was just chatting to myself, 
Um, one of them is the Wild Child Chasing Epiphany, um, which was their session IPA coming in at sort of under 4%, which I've picked up from Yorkshire Craft Beers. And then I took part in the Craft Beer Hour on Tuesday uh, this week, which is um, it's run on both Instagram and Twitter for anyone that doesn't know. Um, they can follow it with hashtag Craft Beer Hour, and it's run once a month. So the chap who runs it basically gets beer into the hands of Instagram folk and Twitter folk to kind of share the good word of breweries that are up and down the UK and then tweet and post about them in between 9 and 10, I think it was on Tuesday night. Um, so the featured brewer this this month was Brass Castle, who were over, I think it's York or Hullway now. Um, so quite local to, her, to both of us, really. Um, that was Well Wisher, um, the one that I had. They sent a pack of four with a glass, which anyone will know that follows me. I'm, I'm a massive fan of glassware. Um, you know, my, my cupboard is, is me and Tiny Rebel, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and you know, when you've <laughs> when you've got a cupboard full of glassware from breweries and festivals and things like that, you know, it's probably spiraling out of control. And that <laughs> that cupboard is now getting full. Um, so I'm having to like double stack my pint glasses and my half pint glasses. But when you've got the stemmed glasses, it's a bit tricky to uh, to to stack them and store them. So. Um, but yeah, but well, wish it was a, a golden ale, uh, but obviously it was canned, which is kind of the craft thing to do. So it's kind of a bit of a combination between a real ale and a craft ale. Um, but it was actually really nice. Um, so, yeah, so that was a good one. But the beer that I'm actually drinking now, um, which I left a space for a beer that I drink tonight because there's no point doing a podcast if you're not having a beer, um, <laughs> is Beaver Town's Double Chin, Double Neck Oil. And again, it's Friday. It's my first full week of having working from been working from home after, you know, being banished from the office. Um, so I thought I'd start with this, um, which is an 8.6% double IPA. So, you know, just, just starting nice and easy, nice and easy. And um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be lying if I said uh, I had a kind of life and death before the podcast as well. So I'm already, I'm already two beers down today. So, so yeah, so it's going well. Um, but this is a rebrew of their fourth birthday beer, which they originally brewed in 2016. Um which things have changed for Beaver Town and people's perception of it in the meantime, given they got a fifty percent buyout, fifty uh, percent buyout by uh, by Heineken. Um, but to me, it's it's the same beer. It's it's practically the same beer, and I've found that ever since I've drunk Beaver Town, since they've had been taken over as well. Um, which I don't know if you've had any Beaver Town in the in the meantime or recently, but certainly from my point of view, I haven't really noticed a drop off in quality, which I know a lot of people are worried about, but. Yeah, well, like it's, you say, when 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 you get the big boys of mass production in, the the assumption is that the quality is going to drop because the attention to detail and the care is not there because of the obviously you're up in the quantities, you're up at you're potentially messing with the qualities of uh, ingredients. But to my sort of untrained palate, it, it's as good as it was before, if not you know slightly better, with it being more consistent across brewing. Yeah, and and you can you can apply the same sort of philosophy and logic to to Magic Rock now because obviously they've mm. been bought up by Lion as as a whole, mm. not just as a sort of a a majority stakeholder or an equal stakeholder they've been bought out in the entirety uh, by, yeah. by lion um and again I've, I've not noticed any of their product drop off you know the, the people who were there before are still there now it's not a case of that they bought them out and paid them off and they've naffed off or they've you know taken production elsewhere it's still been brewed in huddersfield it's still been brewed to the same recipes that you know the same ingredients and you know i think i think they really wanted to do that and i'm not surprised you know the mass produced 
breweries out there trying to get a slice of the action because this is where everyone's money's going to at the moment. Absolutely, but, yeah. Everyone's fed up of drinking that your sort of barbecue beers, your Fosters and your Carlin and that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. people want to have a little bit of uh, sophistication with the beer as well, rather than just drinking the same old crap. Yeah, exactly. And it, the kind of the the sort of the the proof is in the pudding, really, because again, we'll 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 come on to it in the in the news section. But one of the um, one of the new Magic Rock beers, which I'll get the name for when we come to it, is um, is in Morrison's, and that's a rebrew of a beer from 2017 or 2018, I think. Um, mm. And that has got some great reviews on on tap from back then. And a couple of the guys who I've got on Instagram have already drunk their drunk their cans at the bought this week, and they're already saying it's probably the best supermarket beer, or equally the best supermarket beer that they've bought. So. Again, That's a bold claim. Yeah, it's it's proof that you know, despite being taken over, yes, they're not independent and family owned and rady rah, but the, the beer's still good. Mm-hmm. And that was always my stance from the beginning. You know, yes, they're not family owned and local and whatnot, but for as long as the beer's good, I'll continue to drink the beer. You know, if there's a drop, you know, that's the reason why I don't drink mass produced beers because it's just utter crap. And if you know, if Beaver Town got to that point or Magic Rock got to that point, then I'd, I'd do the exact same. So, um. But yeah, but this double chin's going going down nice, very well. And if I'm not careful, I'll probably end up with a double chin myself come the end of this uh, <laughs> this lockdown, given we're not allowed to leave the house. So join um, the club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go one one walk a day. That's it. One walk, and that's it. So, um, but we'll leave we'll leave that bit there, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll discuss the news which we've already touched on already. Absolutely. Hello and welcome back to part three. Um, so this time we're going to talk about some news, which we've already kind of touched on already a little bit in the last uh, last couple of sections. Um, so for anyone who's on Instagram, will have seen that there's a newcomer in town in terms of craft beer in supermarkets. Now, people who follow Domo Beers, who works for Tesco, will see the work that he's done and is continuing to do in terms of bringing craft beers to supermarkets and kind of to the nation, really, for want of a better phrase. Um, but Morrison's seem to be intent on taking his throne. Now, Moza Beers is an account that just sprang up out of absolutely nowhere this week, last week or so, um, unofficially. So I'm not entirely sure it's officially Morrison's or not, or somebody that worked for Morrison's that shouldn't have this account going. I'm not sure yet. But either way, they're advertising the beers that have come out uh, across the UK. Um, so I managed to get some of these beers this week as part of my quote-unquote essential travel for shopping um i definitely didn't call to two shops to find these beers so you know i, I I'll, I'll keep that one quiet even though i just told well, everybody that, i did it um, <laughs> that would be irresponsible Stephen, and we yeah. are not in the business of being irresponsible we didn't get everything we needed in the first morrison so we had to call at the second one it was essential we wouldn't exactly. have been able to cook two meals this week if we didn't get the necessary ingredients it had to happen um <laughs> But yeah, um, but yes, we managed to sneak into two this week. So um, this list is including some of the beers that I've seen, but is not by any means a limitation of the beers that I have seen and seen people drinking and talking to people about on Instagram. Um, so there's a new Brewdog and Northern Monk collaboration um, as part of their collaboration series, which we've seen with Modern Times and Cloudwater. Um, Salt Brewery have also got a couple of beers in there, um, which are based in Bradford in Saltaire. Brew York from York, needless to say, um, are in there. No. So, uh, Wild Child, who are in Leeds, who are literally two minutes down the road from where I work, uh, they're also in supermarkets now. Um, there's a Siren and Lurvy collaboration. There's the Northern Monk rebranded product of Faith and a couple of other um, of their 
stock in there as well. Magic Rocks multi-pack of Highway Grapefruit, which we touched upon earlier as part of their two for 10. Um, Clairvoyance is the one that I spoke about earlier, which is a double dry hopped IPA, which was the one where somebody's claimed that that's the best one in supermarkets now. Um, and then also Thornbridge and Firestone, Walker and Buxton and Kirkstall are also in supermarkets as well. So that's a pretty pretty decent list of beers that are available in Morrison's now, and obviously adding to the to the extensive range and list that's already available in Tesco's already. Um, mm. Your thoughts, Martin, on supermarket beer? Because I know it kind of it's a bit of a marmite subject, and I know on Facebook and Twitter, especially, it's kind of you mm. know lit and you kind of lit a fire and watch the world burn in a way. Yeah, well received. So. What what obviously with you not having a, a bottle shop in a sort of a close vicinity? What's what's your mm. steer on supermarket craft beer? I, I think it's great. I mean, like we sort of briefly touched on earlier. Um, I, you're right. I don't have a bottle shop sort of on my doorstep. I don't um, have that luxury at the moment. Um, you know, we, it, it makes it easier for me to get hold of beer without having to drive. Um, which even though you know, as as you 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 know yourself, but the listeners probably don't. I'm a, a bit of a, a bit of a dick when it comes to driving. I'll just go out for the sake of it and do <laughs> tens of thousands of miles a year without any real need. But uh, and anything to reduce that and uh, increase my beer consumption, I, I'm definitely you know all for. Um, you know, I nipped into Morrison's myself this week, and uh, while I didn't get a great deal of beers, I did. Uh, see a couple that sort of um, piqued my interest with um, Rapscallion from Northern Monk, which is an orange zest IPA, which again brings back my uh, sort of penchant for uh, fruity. And um, uh, from Siren, I got the Pompomacello. Pom so the pomegranate one. Uh, juicy Grapefruit Sour IPA. Um, but I is probably that butchered pink and yellow one. Is it that one? Pink and yellow one. Yeah, it was the can that got, that got caught my eye because I was going to take a picture for my brother, and so <laughs> it looks like a can of monster. And then I read it and was like, actually, it looks like quite a nice beer. So it's I thought I'd uh, treat myself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. you're quite lucky, really, in, in Selby because you've got a Tesco and a Morrison's pretty much slap bang opposite one another. So I mean, I can't yeah. speak for the Tesco that's there. I mean, obviously, I've I've worked in around Selby previously, so I know they're not the biggest mm. supermarkets around, but you know, if they were to get a couple of these beers in or, you know, just even a, a snippet of, of the selection, mm. especially whilst we're on lockdown, just being able to walk for, well, you, you'll drive, admittedly, but to have them a five-minute <laughs> walk on the corner, you know, rather than not having to drive, say, to York for Trembling Madness or to Castle Ponty exactly. for craft beers, etc. It does yeah. kind of bring it to your step, and that's something that people on Twitter and Instagram have said, that people that live in, which I find mad, because I think that the North is... Anything north of Birmingham, we're cut off from the world. That's how I think mm. we're perceived. But then when people <laughs> are like, I live in sort of like Sussex, Norfolk, Ipswich, that sort of thing, people just seem to be equally as distant away from reality as what we are. So yeah. <laughs> them sort of corners of the of the globe, they say, oh, it's great having it in Tesco Morrison's because I don't have a bottle shop within a half an hour, 40 minute drive or train or whatever. So yes, they want yeah. to spot lot of businesses and tap rooms and bottle shops and whatever but when they physically can't do that within a reasonable time frame i think yeah. it kind of allows people to do that because i imagine you know places in you know there's some great drinking spots in cornwall but i imagine some remote places of cornwall don't have great beer still and obviously yeah. scotland as well you know i imagine some sort of far-reaching places in scotland you'd, you'd never hope to get some decent beer in them sort of parts of the world so 
you know, absolutely, absolutely. And it's like I, I mentioned earlier with uh, the accessibility of you know, like the sort of more simple beers and from a sort of fruity perspective. Uh, also, having it in supermarkets makes it accessible to more people, so there'll be more people sort of pulling away from your normal Fosters, your Carling, your, your sort of um, generic crap, and getting them a flavour for um, for craft beer. You know, it will present them then with the opportunity to, you know, people who have small businesses or whatever that can maybe whack up a shelf of some craft beer. Uh, it, it sort of opens up opportunities to have local bottle shops because the more people you have interested, the bigger market you've got for it. So I think it can only really be a good thing. Well, this is the thing. And, and for me is I always see it as this was kind of how I got into craft beer is because, you know, from from working and, and, and you know, chatting with before is that, Mm. up until three or four years ago i didn't i didn't drink anything you know I, di- I didn't touch any form of alcohol you know spirits wine anything at all and then mm. i won that pack of brew dog when we worked at bw together and that mm. was kind of what kind of flipped a switch really because my dad and my brother had been drinking before and then i had that and then that was my gateway think well i'll try a bit more of that then i'll try some beaver town or some magic rock or you know mm. tiny rebel or something mm. that's what kind of changed my perception and they're all available in supermarkets and I think it's a knock-on effect that you start with those beers because you don't instantly give somebody a verdant or a cloud water or a northern monk or something one of their strong beers to say if you don't like mm. beer try if you'll like it because it, it's kind of an acquired taste and you kind of build up absolutely to that, you know absolutely. you don't go in with a, an eight and eight eight point eight percent do you you start, start well exactly I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. this double double chin in front of somebody saying you know I have a bash on that because yeah. you know if, if you give somebody a <laughs> beer that's in a 330ml can who's used to just drinking 4% water basically by people buying that beer in the supermarket they'll then go well where can I get some more of that and they'll seek it out and then they'll go to the brewery they'll go to the tap room they'll go to the bottle shop somewhere like that so absolutely yeah it's, it's the accessibility that's great but I always think it's just such a, a great thing to to have brewers an in an entrance way for for them do you know what i mean and and especially Absolutely. now it's great because you go in the supermarket and the shelves are rinsed of all your essentials of toilet roll soap meat veg bread whatever and yeah the the crates of beer have gone you know the the shelves are bare and then you come to the craft beer section it's it's rammed you know? <laughs> it's fully stacked yeah <laughs> it's great you know because people don't touch it and and I dread to think the day that, you know, all the people who can't get a, a kind of skull or Stella, you know, end up trying to leave <laughs> town just to get the fix. But, you know, yeah. again, in that sense, it might turn people to craft beer because if they can't get, you know, even if you go in the sort of the top end of the, the normal stuff in terms of your Peroni and Cronenberg and things like that, if they normally yeah. want something with a, a little bit more flavour and they then they turn to something like, you know, Faith that's now available in supermarkets from Northern Monk, that mm. might then say well why i've been drinking drinking this rubbish for all these years you know because it's not out of the realms of possibility because if it's absolutely not option, it might it might change their perception of their mind and and from the brewery's perspective i know people say that it's not the same as supporting local business or the brewery but if the brewery didn't want to be in the supermarket they wouldn't be in the supermarket they wouldn't be in the supermarket no. exactly and we're not in the 1960s anymore you know how, how many people go to the local butchers to buy all the meat how many exactly. people go to the greengrocers you know you, you buy everything at the supermarket you know in an ideal world we'd support everyone local but that's not how the world works and you've sort of got to roll with the punches and adapt with the world as it as it as it goes and i think you know like I say, the accessibility of it, certainly from a personal perspective, is uh, massively heightened because of the fact that it is in supermarkets. 
precisely and and you know this is the argument that i always come back to people with saying oh you buy you're buying that but you're not supporting the local it's like yeah but where do you do your weekly shop it's like you don't mm. go to the greengrocers the haberdasher the butchers the whoever to go get your weekly shop you go to a tesco a morrison's and as a sainsbury's you know you go mm. to somewhere where you can get everything in one place you know that's the world that we live in now you know we, we don't we don't have those local shops and yes we do still have them but it's not the thing that people do it's not the trend and no exactly i think i think that will change a little bit after this whole corona things kind of blown over i think people will yeah. start shopping a bit more sensibly i think we'll stop mass producing things as much as we do and people mm. will potentially start buying a bit more local but again that availability and the brewery wanting their beers in as many hands as possible this sort of coronavirus has kind of forced the hands in a little sense because they've otherwise got beer set about that would otherwise go to waste you know, because waste, just from, you know, from our experience of brewing what would have been the wedding beer with Mark at Horsworth, he's having to yeah. take empty casks into bags, bottles, whatever, just to get it into people's hands. And he's a mm. small, he's a sort of a, a small micro brewery, really. But for those that are a little bit bigger that have the opportunity to do this, you know, that stock would otherwise either be just sat there going off or they chuck it down the drain or whatever. It's, it's yeah. self-preservation at the end of the day. And this is what they've got to do to survive. And Yes, I have been shopping a bit more locally with Yorkshire craft beers and buying a bit more beer than I would to kind of see me through. Mm. But by the same token, if I can get beer when I'm shopping at Morrison's, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going, you Absolutely. know, I'd, I'd be stupid not to do that. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, and, it's, and, it's that fine balance. You, exactly. And, and like we say, you know, the fact that you, you are buying from, say, Morrison's or Tesco's or even Sainsbury's, I've seen that they've got a few different uh, craft lines in. Um, you know, it's not going to stop you going to your local bottle shops because you don't go to the bottle shops just for the beer. You know, you have that relationship with, you know, like Johnny at Rainville you, you, and the lads down at uh, Yorkshire Craft Beers, you know, they're the, the, there. It's all part of the experience of going to the bottle shop and learning about the new beers and having that banter with your mates that essentially run the shop, isn't it? It's not just a, yeah, exactly. a, a pure transaction like it is at the at supermarket. I mean, I have no allegiance to any supermarket. I don't care whether I get my bacon from, from Morrison's or whether I go to Tesco's at the end of the day. It's wherever I'm driving past at that point in time or wherever I'm you know, if, if there's something that's in stock in one place, I'll go there. And that's that's how it is with beer for me. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the bottle shops, obviously, you know, I'm not in it as much as, as you are. Obviously not having one on the on the floor, uh, not on the floor, but around the corner, I should say. But um, when, <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to, uh, you know, the times that I do go in, it's always a great time to just, you know, have a bit of a catch up, have a bit of a natter, find out what's going on with the shop and find out how, how people are doing. And, you know, it's, it's a completely different environment, you know, pubs sell beer and that doesn't stop people drinking at home and vice versa so it's just another way of, of um, marketing really isn't it basically well exactly and, and like you say this is the thing and, and the only way people who, who aren't into craft beer are only going to be made aware of it by putting it in their in the face basically you know and you know cause mm. unless people are into it like me and, and you wouldn't everybody else around us they don't mm. have an instagram account they don't go on facebook for beer they don't necessarily have a twitter account you know they're reaching out to these people that to, to kind of get them into craft beer the only way you're going to do it is by putting it in the face and by putting it in the face is put it in the supermarket because mm. yes you can advertise and without going to the extreme lengths of going on you know a national tv advert for the sake of a small craft brewery which is never going to happen it's the only yes. possible way they're actually going to get it in people's 
in people's minds, you know, and that's 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 the other thing is that exactly the way that you get into these bottle shops is by getting to know the beer and then seeking the beer out and then going to the shops, you know, and like you say, from times we've been to Rainville and you know, I could easily be at Rainville for an hour. You know, my shopping yeah. could be doing in 20 minutes, but I'll quite happily send a chat to Johnny <laughs> for 40 minutes. And same with, with James down at York's Craft Beers down the road. It's, I, I could be there, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. You know, I went and helped him out the, the week, you know, we got put on lockdown, helping, you know, pack a couple of orders and serve a couple of customers, that sort of thing. You know, it's just part of mm. that, you know, it's the relationship you build. But I wouldn't be where I am now without supermarket beer. That's the thing, you know, and I think everyone yeah. can also claim that, heritage of well Brewdog got me into craft beer beaver town got me into craft mm. beer magic rock got me into craft beer and now all these brewers are on this list that i've you know that we've just gone through you could count them mm. as all supermarket beers you now know salt brew york wild child who you would never ever expect to be in a supermarket because absolutely you not know, no you know three of those you know those three are local to us you know in terms of the within half an hour's drive of both of where we live and they are still yeah. relatively small. You know, Brew York are getting bigger, but still, I yeah. would never have thought Brew York would go into supermarkets. But again, it's that... No, exactly. It's that self-preservation, really. You know, we both know, because we've been to the, the tap room at Brew York plenty of times, you know, and, and it's a great mm. space and it's a great brewery, but they've got to do what they need to do to survive because people aren't coming into the tap rooms, you know, so no, how else, exactly. how else are they going to shift that product beyond selling it in cans to the people on you know buy it direct from them in the bottle shops you know there's they've got to get Absolutely. to a wider audience especially now and it can only and again they've got to be making some money from it and some money is better than none yes it might be the case of the making 20p a can rather than a pound a can when they sell it to a bottle shop or an independent or a customer yeah. direct but still that will keep them afloat for now and that's the main thing for most of these breweries now is keeping afloat in in this you know challenging time because most of them and their staff potentially won't be eligible for this furlough scheme the government have run. So yeah, you know they've got to get some money in somewhere. So I'm, you know, I'm all for it. But I will still go to my independent bottle shop to, to buy beer because it, that's you know it, like exactly. we touched on there. It's it's the experience you pay for, not not the actual. It's the product, but it's the experience and the expertise as much as anything that you pay for. So, but yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's a double edged sword. Yeah, and to take it away from, from beer for a second, just, you know, like you say, touching on the sort of experience side of things, if everyone was only bothered about getting the cheapest beers and the cheapest, uh, what you know, bang for the buck or whatever, cinemas wouldn't exist because, you know, you go, you spend five, six, seven, eight, nine quid on a ticket for the cinema, you then spend 15, 20 quid on a drink and some uh, some nibbles to watch a film that in six weeks, six months' time, whatever it's going to be, can be out on DVD or on Netflix that's seven yeah. quid for the month. You know, it's it's it, you pay for the experience, and you know it doesn't stop you going from you know week to week, month to month. These these things still happen. These places are still open, and you know the fact that you've got a Netflix account isn't going to stop you going into the cinema when you, a new film comes out. The fact you've got you know a, a Cineworld ticket pass or whatever they call it, um, you know that's not going to stop you watching something on netflix it's uh you know everything balances itself out and the more accessible everything is that i think you know the better better it is for everyone really yeah and that's the thing and, and even put it in sort of a, a broader context in a sporting context you know it's you know pretty much everyone has sky and sky sports now but for mm. you know for me i'm the laziest football and rugby fan in the world i, I can sit and watch it at home <laughs> i will but there's people that have a, a rolling sky subscription they'll pay to a ticket to go watch football and rugby and then they'll come on and watch it again you know it's the same there they could easily sit and watch it at home they're exactly. paying to do both, you know, and that is the same principle, you know, that is that thing of, you know, people are willing, if they're willing to pay twice, they will do, you know, or, you know, yeah. where they can. So, 
but yeah, it's it's there'll never be an end to the matter because you know Tesco are, are stepping up their game in the summer with some new beers, and I'm sure Morrison's after this sort of successful lineup and reception, certainly on Instagram. You know mm. that's only going to continue. Um, you know, and, yeah. and I just hope that it's the same as what we said with the takeovers. I just hope that the quality of the product doesn't drop. You know that again, that's the main thing. If there's a difference between the products in the supermarket and the bottle shop, that's wrong, you know, because they shouldn't yeah. be making one batch for one and one for the other. You know, it should be the same no. across the board. And I know it's a case of that, you know, they might be doing some bottle shops, you know, out of money, but they mm. can't split the product. They can't change the product and, and charge two different prices for it. So whether that's the charge, they have, um, you know, a car range for bottle shops and a car range for supermarkets. And the the supermarket was slightly cheaper. The recipe, you know, from to produce and sell that, fine. I don't yeah. mind that, but they can't. It's not the, it's not the conflict, is it? Yeah. You've got two different lines at yeah. two different places. Exactly. You don't want to have sort of a, a tiered sort of uh, quality depending on where you purchased it from. Yeah, exactly. They can't just bastardize a product just to make more money off it. That's that again. That's some. This is a cynical business model that I just hope doesn't come to you know come to mm. light, and that's what we start seeing from them. But only time will tell. Um, you know, Absolutely. it's only seen from my eyes, from what I see in my sort of Instagram world is positive praise. So hopefully that'll continue. Um and we'll see some more beers come out in supermarkets and the breweries will continue to succeed and thrive in what are some very exceptional and challenging times and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Um but we'll leave that subject for now because it's one that we can just we'd end up filling a full podcast with, I think, if we carry on anymore. Um and then we'll touch on the little sort of side note of the podcast, which is what we've been playing and put some gaming into the podcast. Absolutely. So content, also not content, as we should say, on being just a beer nerd, I'm also a massive gaming nerd as well. And thankfully, sorry, no disrespect, Martin, you also Mm. share the, uh, the same geekiness and nerdiness (laughs) of beer and gaming that I do as well. So, um, the idea of the pod was that we would talk a little bit about beer, uh, whichever guest I have on, and also cover a little bit of gaming as well. So, Martin, bearing in mind yes. that you're working from home, and obviously we probably need to bear that in mind, <laughs> whilst you've been, quote-unquote, at home? Well, while I've been, like you say, working incredibly hard, um, I've been, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, Going back to my roots when it comes to gaming, um, I've been playing a lot of old skate, old skate, <laughs> old school RuneScape, which is a bit of a throwback to my childhood. Yeah, well, that that is a real sort of throwback there, and you know, for want of a better phrase, you know, we are probably millennials, um, but for any, <laughs> any younger millennials than ourselves, will probably think, what the hell is RuneScape? So, um, in terms of kind of filling people in, RuneScape was a game that. God, it makes me feel old now. And you're obviously, what, three or four years younger than me? Is that right? So, yeah, that, yeah, 24, so what are you, 28? So yeah, four 28, years, yeah. yeah. So four years difference, you know. I feel old talking about this, and the fact that you played it and you're four years younger than me makes me feel even older. <laughs> and the fact that it was still a thing in those four years, it just seems bonkers, because I remember playing this back in the old day when I had a great, blocky computer, you know, in terms of <laughs> like it was made out of Lego and a monitor that was the size of a small house, um, you know, and, and the graphics, man, God, you know, I mean, you look at any old game now, you look at the graphics are terrible, but even then, I mean, I know it was an internet sort of based game, but that yeah. was horrendous. And even now, yeah. playing on a, yeah. a Mac or a modern screen, a HD retina screen or something that you've got, 
looks horrendous. Well, it does, but I think that's part of the charm of the game, to be honest. like, I, I, It's not the kind of game you play for the graphics because the graphics, admittedly, are crap. You know, it's, it, I'm playing it because of the nostalgia. You know, they've ported yeah. it across to mobile now, so it's available on the uh, Apple, Apple App Store and, the, and presumably the Google Play Store as well. Um, you know, it's just the, the fact that I played it when I was like 11, 12, 13 and spent two years sort of building my account, basically. Um, and now the fact that I sort of found myself stuck at home with very little to do, um, it's, a, it's a great Sunday. well working, <laughs> <laughs> working. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. I've gotten so much to do um, that I've, I've found myself spending a lot of time um, sort of having this on in the background. You know, building my skill set up again, and it's uh, it's really nice to sort of get back in touch with where I was, sort of approaching ten years, if not longer ago, um, and, and sort of remembering old things and listening to music I listened to back in the day and it's just a, a bit of a nostalgia trip while the world outside's a bit mental it's like a sort of um, a cocoon if you will <laughs> yeah I mean I'm, I'm surprised it's still going I'm surprised it's still a thing because you know um, I didn't kind of pour a lot of time into it it was kind of one of those things I'm not I'm not a huge PC gamer I never have been so mm. I kind of played it for a few, probably a couple of months and quite a few hours in, in truth, but not kind of the point where people have played, you know, hours and hours and hours where inevitably you probably did and have done and still are doing. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> but it's not really, is it, the kind of the hooks you again, but, you know, that, that's a separate issue in a different podcast <laughs> for a different time. But the, fact that the, the servers are still supported and the fact it's still there you know, shows that people must still be playing it and there must still be a need and want for it. Because I didn't even know it. Absolutely. I didn't even know it'd be ported to sort of mobiles and tablets. So, you know, that is the thing that is not going to stress anybody's phone out or iPad out. You oh, could, absolutely not, no. You could run the it's... potato, I imagine, you know. So, <laughs> you know, And probably quite successfully as well, I would imagine, yeah. It looks like a potato, I imagine, as well. Still, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean... It's just, it's crazy that thing's still going, you know. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of support for it. You know, there's people like that, like myself, you know, lots of people that I've been interacting with, because obviously, uh, for those who don't know, it is uh, sort of a, a multiplayer game and uh, there's a lot of interaction with other players. Um, it's like an open world uh, MMORPG, it's, I believe. It's like a budget Warcraft, basically, isn't it? If we boil it in, in, in essence, yeah, to, to, to sort of take it down to its roots, yeah, that's probably a, a fair uh, sort of assessment of it. Um but it's you know it's a lot of people my age, even your age and, and older that you know that have played it first time round, and with the whole lockdown situation, you know can't go to the pub, can't go you know socialise with the mates, so they're you know playing RuneScape and having a bit of a throwback, and it's it's just quite nice to be sort of around like-minded individuals who are you know not taking it too seriously, just enjoying themselves, having a bit of a throwback, and uh, sort of reminiscing about times gone by. Yeah, but you, you, almost like you need to, if it was still a thing, is reopen your MSN account and sort of have Messenger <laughs> open and Bebo on MySpace and things like that. You know, when you, well, this you, is it. you'd rush home to play RuneScape and open MSN and talk to people that you've literally just seen all day at school. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, now that. you're like, I, I don't want to see them again for another day. Now, whereas you used to run home just to speak to the same people again and again and again. So it's, <laughs> I, I do get the nostalgia, you know, because it's, you know, it's when you play games on any sort of format or console or whatever, and you go back, it's, I just played the old Halo games and, and you can play in modern graphics and old graphics. And it's great to go yeah. back to them original graphics to say, Christ, you know, this. 
back in Look the day when I played it, you know, you know, yeah. when I played this on the, the Xbox when it first came out, this was world class, you know, this was the the bee's knees and the, now it's like Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> how did I play that? How did I play that game? You know, so it's this is a you know, you, like you say, I think you, 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 the, the nostalgia keeps it keeps it sort of fresh and in your head, you know, you, you look back and be like, oh, you know, it was a great game and I remember it so well being, you know, like a really good high quality game and then when you actually play it it's like really mm. <laughs> really this is what i've been this is what i remember it to be and yeah. you know but the sign of a good game to me is you, you still enjoy it regardless of the graphics you know obviously as time progresses your quality of your um of your graphics is going to improve and you're going to look back even if you look back losing grand theft auto as a, as, a, as a series for example you know you look back at um the likes of San Andreas and Vice City and GTA 3 and that, when they sort of came to the 3D universe rather than the, the over, overhead views of uh, 1 and 2, you know, you look back at those and in your head you think, you know, they were great games with really good graphics and all that, and then you play them. And the gameplay is still really, really enjoyable. The music's great. The you, Even even the nostalgia coming into play with that, with them being sort of 20 years old approaching, you know, the, you, you have the enjoyment there, but the graphics just simply aren't. But you, the there's more to the game than the graphics. And that's the same sort of thing that I've got with, with, with RuneScape. Like I say, the, the quality of the graphics is admittedly very poor, but it doesn't claim to be a, a proper flashy game. It's it's about the game itself and the experience with the game rather than uh, just purely basing it on graphics like some games do. do. Yeah, and that's the thing, obviously, like you say, it never claimed to be, you know, a, sort of like a world-beating or sort of genre-beating game, but, you know, no. people, it's kind of one of them sort of like movies that kind of gets a cult following, isn't it? You know, it's not got the best, exactly. you know, sort of CGI or animations or acting, but, you know, it's it gets a following and people enjoy it, but kind of touching on that and kind of sticking with the theme, really, obviously, with, with going back and looking back at sort of games of gaming past, but a, sort of a more mm. recent game. You've um, you've still been plugging through uh, GTA Five online, I believe. Is that right? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, like I say, with um, I'm playing RuneScape with randoms, but I've been playing uh, GTA Online on uh, PlayStation Four with uh, lads I went to school with. You know, we we've sort of drifted apart as you do when you grow up, and you know, you have different jobs and move about and get different partners and stuff like that. So it's it's been really nice to be able to just sit and sit with my headset on, have a chat, and have a laugh, and and play a game that came out when I was in my Oh, first year of college, second year of college, but it's um, a while ago you know, now. And if you, if you think it came out on Xbox 360 and PS3, you know exactly, that yeah. relaunched on when PS4 and Xbox One came out. I mean, the PS4 and the Xbox One are at least five or six years old now. Yeah, I mean, I bought I bought my uh, well, I bought um, GTA Five when it came out on launch day. I actually went to um, uh, now closed Granger Games in Selby. Uh, to buy it at midnight, ran home quite literally, <laughs> installed it, and uh, you know completed the campaign within the first. I say the campaign, sorry, that's that's Call of Duty, isn't it? I completed the story mode in the first couple of days, um, but played like 20, 20 hours of the first twenty four hours of it being released. I was playing it, and you know that that takes me back. That was you know before I had responsibilities. Exactly, you know, <laughs> not not worked a proper job in my life, you know, didn't have a driving license or anything, and played that game like it was my life because at the time it was. But you know, now that we've got you know lives and responsibilities and supposed to be air quotes grown ups, you know, it's been nice to sort of um, kick back and and chill with my mates and uh, sort of reconnect with them. So it is a great way of doing it, and obviously because of the fact it's not particularly skill based, you drive around, shoot people, blow people up, and you know just 
enjoy yourself in a way that you can't do in the real world it's uh it's a really nice way of, of of doing that and having a chat at the same time yeah well that's the thing it's just it's just mindless fun in it that's the kind of the, the exactly benefit of it, you know and, and even if you play the sort of the the story mode but don't follow the missions you can just you know have a separate save game where you can just run around and just shoot people blow shit up and you know just exactly. have a laugh basically you know and that's kind of what the gta games have always allowed you to do so exactly I, you know, I've, they're not, I've, they're not uh skill-based you know it's not like the kind of people who play um like call of duty for example you know where the 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 only thing that matters is their kd and no scoping and all these bullshit millennial terms kids and their silly internet (laughs) slang back in my day we played checkers and we liked i had a whip and a stick (laughs) and that was it and i had some marbles at christmas if i were lucky yeah, <laughs> marbles. I had one. Yeah, that's how, that's how northern we are. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's nice just to kind of just sit back and just play somewhere that kind of just takes your mind away from stuff and just exactly. you don't have to think about. Which um, kind of touching on what I um, I mentioned in my first episode is what I'm still playing is Assassin's Creed Odyssey on the PS4. Mm. I um, I threw a couple of tantrums at it this evening when I when I finished you know when I finished work I thought right might end up finishing Last Boss Five I finish it half four I'll get an hour in at least playing it and then we'll <laughs> we'll jump home we'll record this podcast and we're fine I I threw the control on the floor I think at least three times playing it because I just <laughs> in an hour yeah, in an hour space when oh yeah it can help this is this is why I don't play Call of Duty anymore because I get so angry I hate the fact that kids are ten years or more younger than me and they can kill me and it's bullshit that's that's all i'm saying so yeah that's why i don't play call- yeah exactly it, it, every time <laughs> it must be cheating it must be no scoping or i've auto aim or summer it's not because i'm old and i'm slow it's because they're cheating <laughs> so yeah but i uh, i'm still plodding through assassin's creed which i've um i i almost got to a point where i was gonna turn it off uninstall it take disc out and put it back in box because i was that that angry with it but i um <laughs> i didn't get around the bit that i was stuck on but I'm going to just spend a bit of time in levelling up, getting some new equipment, some new armour, and then I'll, I've got all weekend this weekend, me and Anna are out working from home, so yeah. there'll be some time this weekend where I can just jump back into it, take it from there, and all will hopefully, fingers crossed, be well. But, fingers crossed. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's still what I'm playing at the moment because I'm, again, responsible. I've, I've, shut, myself, <laughs> I've shut myself away in the spare room to do some work from home. You know, and I've not distracted myself away from that. I've got my two screens set up in the spare room, so I'm not sitting downstairs watching Netflix or playing Xbox or PlayStation background because I would actually genuinely fall asleep possibly if I did that. So, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I'm still plodding through that at the moment. Um, but moving on, we're kind of coming towards the, the end of the show now. Um, but before we kind of wind it up and, and leave it there, um, just a quick shout-out, which I would like to mention Um for an account on Instagram that reached out to me this week, actually. Um, guys called the Bread Brood Project, um, which brood is excluding the E, um, so B-R-E-W apostrophe D, um, a brewery based in Nottingham who are a non-for-profit uh, brewery who are tackling the issue of waste food by brewing with the waste product and include it in the beer, which I know we've seen previously from other brewers before whereas replacing the malts um, and the wheat profile of the beer with actually physical bread, so it's still being used in the brewing process, so it's not actually going to waste, um, which is fantastic, um, given, obviously, great you know, 
in general, you know, just in general, anything that's going to waste is just stupid. You know, any waste and anything is just stupid when there's people, even in our society and country, that are struggling for mm. meals, are homeless or whatever. The fact that we can mass produce so much and we don't care that it goes to waste is just ridiculous. Um, yeah. But especially now, you know, that we're in corona lockdown and there's, you know, all those panic buyers that panic bought everything under the sun and have now chucked yeah. it out, you know, it's it's a sign of the times that we are doing that in the society. We need to kind of stop doing that. But, you know, the fact that we're mm. putting this to good use is fantastic. And they said, sent me a couple of examples of doing bread in their IPA as part of the malt profile, but then coffee that was going past its best before from shops and sort of like, um, you know, coffee houses, things like that. So they've actually got in cask at the moment a porter, coffee porter. Um, so again, rather than letting that coffee go to waste, they've included it in one of their beers. But again, going the extra mile is all their profits go towards school breakfast clubs for children in less privileged societies than what we are. And, you know, for people who, you know, don't have to worry about where the next meal's coming from, you know, what meal that's going to be and how they're going to afford it. So they're not taking any money out of this project. They're putting everything back into society, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, and, idea, and yeah. you know, applause to them for, you know, just in general doing that. But in these current times to... Families that probably will be struggling, you know, for families that mm. are on furlough in particular and those that are self-employed and as it stands right now, like my dad, who are entitled to absolutely nothing, you know, if they're struggling, they're, they're going to be, you know, impacted. And, you know, for schools still to be open as it stands for key workers, kids, um, you know, to go into, you know, school and go to breakfast clubs and things like that to make sure they are getting a decent meal to start the day is is incredible you know so props to them um they've said they're going to send some uh, beers up when this is all over this corona lockdown whenever that is going to be um so thanks to them but just anybody who listens if they could go give them a follow they're at the bread brood project um like say if you just take the e out of brood that'll take you to them um but they're hoping to scale up once corona's kind of been and gone because they're kind of fairly popular and well-known in Nottingham, but they are looking to kind of expand sort of nationwide and get the beers out there. So um, fingers crossed that happens. They've said they should be able to ride this sort of corona out for now. So hopefully that is the case. And and again, massive sort of shout out and congratulations to them for, for doing that because, you know, the reason people set up breweries and businesses is to make money. So for somebody to do it to not make any money um, is fantastic. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're also doing it whilst they're in the final year at uni as well. That's another thing to mention. So not only are they, wow. you know, you know, for two people who have kind of been to uni, you know, they, you know the, the sort of the stresses and strains of being to university kind of mm. place on, you know, your life, your social life, you know, your spare time, you know, to, to and considering that universities have been postponed now, yes, they probably have some spare time, but there's a lot of question marks over their exams, the results, the the end grade, you know, for the, the degree at the end of it, you know, to consider they're doing that at the same time is, is fantastic. So, so yeah, shout, Absolutely. shout out. Absolutely, especially guys. when you factor in the fact that, uh, you know, like you say, if they're not taking any profit from it as well, you know, to spend all of your extra time doing something good, you know, I mean, from, from a, a purely, purely personal point of view, when I was at university, I couldn't have dreamed of doing something like that. I mean, working a, a couple of part-time jobs in a, in a shop and at a school was, was hard enough. I can't imagine them trying to run a business off the back of it as well. So that's, you know, hats off to, the, to, the, to them guys. Yeah, exactly. And, and particularly brewing as well, you know, something that takes, you know, can take a full day to, to just brew a single beer. You know, that's it's not like mm. it's, you know, going and doing a couple of hours voluntary work here or there. It's, it's such a time-consuming thing to do. Uh, you know, and then to be doing the marketing and the packaging and everything off the back of it. So, yeah, so massive round of applause for them, you know, kind of a, 
a, a, an example, you know, to kind of follow really, uh, you know, for, for everybody, you know, to be, and I think that's something that we all can kind of learn from a little bit at the end of this sort of coronavirus thing is to be a little bit better, a little bit more considerate and not buy things that we don't need anymore. You know, that's that's the main mm-hmm. thing is that, and, and supermarkets as well, don't produce things that aren't going to get bought at the end of the day because otherwise it goes to landfill and just to waste and mm-hmm. there's no need. So, so yeah, so a massive, massive, um, massive shout out for them guys. And, and if you could, for anyone else, you can go check them out and give them a follow. That'd be, uh, that'd be great. Um, but that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode, which considering I didn't think we were going to last an hour, I think we've pretty much filled it there. I think I reckon been in between everything that we've, we've had done. A good start, yeah. yeah. You know, for the, for the <laughs> second episode, you know, considering you were against Collie out a bit unprepared by not the document that I lovingly, How lovingly you? prepared for us both, you know, you didn't come prepared <laughs> with that. So, but yeah, um, thank, thank you for, thank you for joining Martin. It's been a, you know, a massive pleasure speaking to you considering this is, I think this is the first time we've properly spoken um, in general since the lockdown, you know, we've, we've sent messages to each other, but actually physically or, you know, actually speaking, speaking to yeah. each other this is the first time because i don't i think we usually at least see each other once a week you know you know considering if not, more, yeah, if not yeah. more from going having a quick pint or going to the shop or something you know so to to, to check in and uh to actually join me on it it's appreciated so so thank you for that and uh no absolutely fine. given given this corona might be going on for six months you might be on the you know several more episodes where we've uh, just <laughs> turned into actual not just borderline but actually full-time alcoholics so um <laughs> fingers crossed yeah yeah that's that's the dream <laughs> that's the dream um but martin for anyone who doesn't follow you already um where can people follow you and your loud shirts on instagram uh well i'm a, a, under my name martin clay martin with a y because my parents hate me uh i'm sure there'll be various links available if you are wanting to follow me and see what crap I'm not getting up to at the moment being stuck at home. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, it's not a subject the spelling of the name since our friendship began is it really so you know. No, it's not it, such a given my name Stephen with a PH we've kind of shared that uh, shared that common ground <laughs> hey. haven't we? I, just 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 this week somebody I emailed somebody and they emailed back saying Stefan S T E P H A N so I emailed back with my name at the bottom of the email again, and they still came back with Stefan, and I'm like, you're still going with that? You're still saying yeah. Stefan, even though it says my name at the bottom of my emails, and it's in my email, <laughs> my email is stephen.carter, but there you go. Um, but yeah, it's... It, I've had exactly the same, mate. It's okay. Yeah, it's not a, just got a rise above yeah, it. It's not a touchy subject <laughs> at all. Um, but for anyone who's not following me already, um, I'm points underscore of underscore brew on Instagram and Twitter. Apologies for the underscores, but somebody beat me to that account before who doesn't actually use the account and it really really irritates me so um, but i'm sure if you search points of brew just in the search box if you don't follow me it will pick it up um same for that matter for this podcast um it's recorded and uh, actually launched on, on anchor uh, but it's also available on spotify as well so um, if you rather listen to it on spotify search in the podcast section uh, points of brew and it will come up um, thank you for listening. Um, if you've got any questions, comments, feedback, anything at all, then please either send them you to should. me, you know, to say that we've done an excellent job, you know, and that you want more of me and Martin to, to speak on a more regular basis. That would be perfect. Um, send me a message on Instagram um, or either send me an email on pointsofbrew at gmail.com. Either way, I'll come back to you. Any feedback's appreciated because this is just a kind of a hobbyist thing and just came out of a random I'm bored I need something to do idea so hopefully you'll like it um, if you do let me know if you don't let me know but bye for now we'll uh, we'll see you on the next episode see you later absolutely bye guys <laughs>